Stevie Tudor's house and a Rick Flair. Welcome to the world's greatest ish podcast. Welcome to Backstage Cheat. I'm Brandon. And I'm Hunter. And on today's episode, we will be discussing the current NXT roster. We will focus on three people who we think are underutilized, three people we love, and then before that we'll give three honorable mentions because picking three that we like was hard. <laughs> triple, triple, triple. You can't go wrong with that combination. Um, so I guess before we get into it, what do you think, what have you thought of NXT recently? Um, honestly, I, I think uh, NXT is keeping everything very fresh. Their storylines are, are going very well. Um, I feel like with Raw and SmackDown, there's a lot of misses right now, but uh, NXT seems like they're doing the best uh, with the roster they got. Yeah, I think NXT is doing a pretty good job. I think there is some clear... Like, you can clearly tell that they're going up against another wrestling company and trying to, like, outdo them. Oh, yeah. That competition does not stop just because COVID's a thing. Like, they are neck and neck. Yeah, just a couple like... Difference. Like, I think they sort of pushed the, the Keith Lee double champ storyline way faster than they really wanted to and probably way faster than maybe it should have been. Yeah, I, I could agree with that. I'm, I'm um, glad he just gave up one of the belts, though. That That's it, the best thing they could have done. It's just, it's just weird, because in like a two or three week span, you've, you had William Regal say, you know what? These two should, you two should fight and unify the belts. <laughs> and then like two weeks later, William Regal's like, man, it's such a good idea for Keith Lee to vacate the North American title so he doesn't have both belts. <laughs> and it's like, you were the one that did this. I watched, yeah, I watched, I think, I think it was Brian Alvarez that was, like, really going off on that point on one of the, one of the shows. It just does not make any sense. Yeah, one of the Wrestling Observer shows, but, yeah, it's, I'm not as mad as he is, because he kind of gets mad about everything (laughs) that WWE does, but, uh, yeah, so... I guess we can just jump right into to people that are underused. All right. Well, let's uh, let's have you go first. Uh, I'll uh, have you say your guy, and then uh, I'll see uh, why you feel that way. Yeah. Right, so so uh, who's your first guy? So my first one is going to be the grizzled young veterans, but mostly Zach Gibson. All right. Why, why is that? And and I and I understand before getting too far into it that I'm, I'm I'm assuming that they're just not on TV because of COVID. But more than likely, yeah. Since the, since they're in since they're from England. But during that Dusty Cup, even though I was really glad the Broserweights won, the Grizzled Young Veterans, that was my first time really seeing them at all. And Zach Gibson in that like Liverpool Scouser accent is just. He gets so much heat. Oh, big time. Incredible. Like, he's so good on the mic. And then, as a team, they're really good in the ring, too. And it definitely helps that uh, he's from Liverpool. Liverpool. He has, like, the the liver bird on his his trunks. 
I'm a Liverpool fan. That definitely mm-hmm. helps. <laughs> oh yeah, writes itself. Um, but yeah, I just think he's a a really good heel promo, and would love to. And I think the NXT tag division is a little a little small right now. So yeah. I think another and like. I don't know if people are, have caught on to this yet. I really like tag team wrestling, so <laughs> so I'm gonna I'm gonna want to see more tag teams. I'm glad that on the last pod we mentioned I mentioned that there needed to be a tag team at Extreme Rules. I'm glad that there was one added. Oh yeah, exactly. It's like they read your mind. Maybe <laughs> just looking to move on. Uh, so how about you? Who's your first underused? underused right. person well my first underused person is a man that has been seen almost every single night on monday night raw smackdown and nxt the man's in the front row <laughs> jacked out of his mind air guitars drums wearing a face mask wearing a shield and a face mask at the same time the man's name is eric Bugenhagen. He's got to make sure he doesn't get fined. Oh, yeah. Got to keep it's that mask on. Insane. Exactly. The man is just nothing but charisma. I mean, if you look at his social media accounts, all he does is just move extraordinary amounts of weight, shred on his guitar, and just be incredible. If anyone hasn't seen it, um, it's worth going back and seeing his debut match against Drew uh, Gulak. It was originally supposed to be a squash match, and you just see him get over on him, and it's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. He's I'll a good to, talent. I'll have to try to find that. I haven't actually seen him wrestle ever, but every time he's... Even like you said, even when he's just in the crowd at Raw or whatever... He does just have this natural charisma about him that I'm surprised he's not, like, on TV at all. Exactly. And he was actually in the newest uh, Netflix movie by WWE. It's like a kid's movie. He plays, like, a cowboy guy or something. Same with Dozer. Dozer's (laughs) in there, too. But, yeah, it's like... I don't know if he just needs to work on like some of the basics still or what the deal is, but I'd love to see him uh, get some time on TV and on NXT. Yeah, I, I think that would be good because he's clearly he's clearly got something. Oh, he's got it. He's got it. Yeah. Whatever it is, he has. All right. Well, who do you, who do you got for your second underutilized person? Uh, my second guy is. Kushida. Okay. And admittedly, a lot of this comes from stuff that I haven't watched, but everyone that I know who does who who does watch New Japan and has watched New Japan for a while, they just like they all rave about Kushida and how good he is and I think I think was he in the cruiserweight tournament? I think he was. I believe I believe he was in it, yes. And he looked he looked pretty good there from what I remember. But he just doesn't get on TV very much and Oh, he was in the he was in the Dusty Cup as well. 
with with a partner. Um, and it's just, yeah, he's he seems really good, and it seems like WWE a guy that WWE would push because it's, it's from my understanding, it's not maybe not to the level of of Shinsuke, but like it's a similar arc to Shinsuke where it's like okay he's really good in New Japan and then WWE gets him and then they push Shinsuke really hard and then they just don't use Kushida like it makes no sense to me yeah that one uh, had me scratching my head too yeah I don't I I personally watched a few of Kushida's matches in New Pro Japan and he's had just some absolute bangers with uh, just about everybody honestly he's just dominated that mid card in the junior division, and that's—I mean—that's a good junior division to to dominate. <laughs> yes, it is by far. Uh, so, who's your second? All right. Well, my second is the first girl on the list. Uh, second is Alaya. Ooh, what do you like about her? Um, I like one Canadian. Wrestling's in the blood. Two, she's super young, still very easily can be molded into an incredible wrestler. Three, she got one of the best managers in the game right now. And uh, yeah, I think uh, she has she has something. She has. I don't want to say she has it, but she has something that uh, has me interested in, in uh, seeing her get some maybe bigger matches, a little push here or there. I think uh, right now they're just kind of booking her to look like a child, basically. So Yeah, I think, I think she has the potential to be like a mainstay of that of the women's mid-card for NXT for, for a while until she gets more gets more time under her and could potentially be like a a main eventer exactly she's just a few w's from uh making it somewhere on that card and that that women's division when when they still had Shayna and bianca belair and um some other like pre-covid stuff was like the strongest women's division in in wrestling and now it's to me, it's sort of taken a little bit of a step backwards because it lost Shayna, it lost Bianca, and there's kind of mm-hmm. not really a mid-card right now. Yeah, it's just kind of the top and then just a gray area. Yeah. So I think it would be good if there was more of a mid-card women's division on NXT. There still like is one a little bit, but it can definitely get better. Oh, yeah. It's definitely pretty blurry. And I think All she, right. who you got as your third? Um, funnily oh, enough, no, funnily enough, mine actually ties into this. Another person that I'd like that is in the women's mid card that I'd like to see, maybe not used more, but used in a better way, is Shotzi Blackheart. Ooh, not she, a bad choice. She is on TV a lot, so underused might not be the best word, but um. She just, it, it almost feels like she's booked randomly. Like, they just kind of flip a coin on if she's going to win or lose. Because she'll, like, get a big win over someone, like, higher on the card than her. And then she'll just, like, lose randomly to someone. Yeah, that's very true. Because when she that's broke in, 
when she when she broke in, she immediately like had this mini feud with Shayna Baszler and didn't look bad in in that mini feud. I didn't think so, not at all. Um, I like her gimmick. I don't love the the, the like mini tank thing. Oh, what you don't like the mini tank? I mean, it's funny, but I think it's. I don't know. I guess it was funny the first time, and now every time I see it since then, it's a little bit. It's a little bit less. So maybe only pull it out in pay per views. Yeah, or something, or just like big events or something. Like the fact that it's like most of her um, character on on TV is is weird <laughs> to me. When like she clearly has a lot a of like there's a lot of there's a lot of character that you could could draw from her. I'm sure. Oh, most definitely. I think you're right there. So yeah, I think both of our my last pick, your second pick, strengthen that women's mid card. Exactly. Those two are the future. Uh, so what's your third underused? All right, my third and final underused person is one of the greatest managers to come into NXT in a long time. That is the man himself, Robert Stone. The Robert Stone brand. The Robert Stone brand. Gaining more and more people every week. I just, uh, I haven't seen a manager with that kind of personality in a long time. Yeah. I just love that. It's, it's, uh, Sorry, go on. First, oh, you're all good. Uh, I like that his first clients have been nothing but girls. Because you would think uh, he'd be going for some men's division people. But it's, uh, I like that part a little bit. All right, what were you going to say? Yeah, I really I really didn't like him when he first, like, debuted. And I think I it's I think it's because he debuted with Chelsea Green, right? Yep, yep, sure did. And they, like, they talked a big game, and then they just lost every match. And so it was until they won. So it was really annoying. And then she left. So it was really annoying. But ever since like he's gone on this like downward spiral and like threw up on TV and like all of that stuff has been really good. And I think he's he's I think he's been really really good lately. And it's nice to see. I agree there. It's nice to see managers. I I like managers and. There's not a lot of them these days. No, I feel like the last manager on NXT with a lot of personality was probably uh, Zelina Vega, honestly. And she's great. She's she's, she's still great on Raw. And it's yep, she transitioned absolutely perfectly. And like she'll do the rumble or like the occasional match, but like I like that she's mostly a wrestler and or mostly a manager and that's what i like about robert stone is that he's a re- he's a manager <laughs> like, even I though he has more than a decade of wrestling experience yeah i like that um i like that there are just managers because when you have all these like managers that are also wrestlers it just kind of gets weird yeah that's very true and i think the gray area when you get and I think if you go, like, I've been watching some, like, 80s uh, pay-per-views lately. 
and like every heel in the 80s had a manager like you had to have one if you were a heel <laughs> but exactly. you need that mouthpiece and i don't think it needs to go back to like that level because i was probably a little insane and you had some like weird pairings but like very, very. the heel having a manager is just a classic like trope and it's it it's it's nice to see a little bit again yeah it's very true a little blast from the past happening once again all right, all right. so those and are our... that, uh... oh <laughs> so those are our underused <laughs> uh as we talk over each other thanks to the magic of the internet <laughs> oh yeah gotta love it gotta um, love it so I guess we'll move on to the honorary mentions for people we like. So my first one is Dexter Loomis. My first one is also Dexter Loomis. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. His yeah, character I've, is just so good. I've just really liked him since I, like, the first time I saw him, I was like, what the hell? This is creepy as fuck. Like, this is not for me. I don't think this is for me. But he was the best part of that Velveteen Dream Adam Cole cinematic match. When he just like showed 100%. up through UE in the in the trunk, drove away. Hell yeah. He 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 plays that like the serial killer like role character very well. Um he's a pretty Honestly, He's a pretty good artist. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's very true. And I just I yeah, no, I, I like think. I like the way he he works in the ring. Like it it sort of all fits with the gimmick, which is really nice to see. Oh, very true. And I mean he's his in in ring abilities are actually pretty insane. I'm pretty sure last week he pulled out a swanton. Like, you would not expect that from a guy that's built like he is. In, like, khakis, too. <laughs> right? That he old flipski and the old khakskis. Um, yeah, so I, I, yeah, I think, and I think he's been helped a lot by the commentary and, like, his opponents, especially, like, Roddy Strong, just, like, oh, being yeah. terrified of this man. <laughs> Oh, just killed it! Absolutely killed it. So I think I think NXT has done a really good job of of pushing Dexter Loomis a bit. They haven't pushed him to the moon or anything, but it's a good it's a good push, and he's winning the crowd over. I feel like so. Yeah, it, it's it obviously it right. obviously it's hard to tell without a crowd, but I think most of the stuff I hear about him, like online or whatever, are generally good things. Oh yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about the man. So I guess since, has a bright since we both had the same first one, I'll just jump to my second one. <laughs> right, that was good to me. Um, so my second one, uh, in a late switch right before the show, is Kyle O'Reilly. Oh, what a what a beast! It's just I I'm I was happy when he lost the belts because that meant the Broserweights won. But I was sad because it did mean that no more Kyle O'Reilly air guitar with the belt. 
which is just the, the best part of any entrance that he was that he was involved in, whether it be all four of them or just him and Bobby Fish. It's accurate, extremely accurate. And he he's such a dork. I think is like <laughs> the best part because it everyone else in like the undisputed era is always like so serious all the time, and then like he's just like a goober. Yeah, he is. Big old goober. Because, like, I, I, the one, there's the one promo leading up to the Broserweights match where he he goes, you're Matthew Riddell, you're Peter Dune. And, I'm, and I just pop so hard for it because it's like, you just pronounce these dudes' names wrong. <laughs> oh, yeah. Not even trying. He had to try harder to get them wrong than he yeah. had to get them right. And, yeah, and I think, <laughs> obviously, in the ring, he's really good. Um, I'd be interested because I'd be interested to see like more of him, I guess, because they haven't had a tag team match in a while, from what I remember. Too busy doing those skits that are just hilarious. Yeah, the the undisputed era skits have been really good. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's that's my second one, Kyle O'Reilly. How about who's your second? Uh, my second one is a. Tall fella named Damian Priest. Ooh. I think uh, him him and Finn had just an incredible match at NXT Take their last NXT Takeover, and just the athletic ability of the guy, like his kicks are insanely high, and this dude just looks so intimidating. And I don't know, his entrance is so dope. A little shooting the arrow, imaginary arrow into the fire name. Come on, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I'm not sure what what Archer of Infamy means. <laughs> and I don't understand by having that name just means all the girls want you apparently. But he's just ma- he's just a massive dude. Yoked. And he's got such like a deep voice. That it's super intimidating. <laughs> Big time, absolutely. Um, he's got a he's he's pretty he's good in the ring for sure. Like he's had some really good matches. The Finn Balor match, like you said, it was really good. Yeah. Um, I think he had one with like Dijakovic or some someone that I really yeah. liked. Um, yeah, I could guarantee it's Dijakovic because they match up pretty pretty well sized. Yeah, I mean Dijakovic's really good with other big dudes, as him and Keith Lee have shown like a million times. Well, I was gonna say at least fifteen to twenty five times. Um, yeah, I think Priest is really good. I think they've been they seem cautious to to push him, but he has been a a pretty pretty constant on TV ever since I've started watching NXT. Like last year yeah that's very true they they use him at the right times but yeah it's just a matter of time till he gets that one last uh, big push and i could i don't know that he'll be in this like ladder match for the north american title but i, I could see him as one of the first challengers whoever wins that wins that title oh yeah most definitely because i mean He's he's right there for that mid card title and it would look good on him to be honest. 
All right. Well, on that note, who is your final honorable mention? My final honorable mention is Timothy Thatcher. Ooh, maybe nice choice. I just really like his, like, catch-as-catch-can style that he's been doing. I really like the, like, the training videos he's been doing. Uh, those yep, have been really good. good. And, I mean, he this he just seems like a really hard dude. Like, I would not want to fuck with him. <laughs> not even a chance. Um, his fight pit match with with Matt Riddle was obviously incredible. He lost teeth in it. The man has no fear and, and is just, just a brawler. And just didn't give a fuck. <laughs> no, just kept going like nothing happened. Lost your chick. Told Kurt Angle to just, no, we're good. <laughs> Hold my teeth, bro. I got to fight. Um, yeah, I, and I really like that, that NXT is just letting him be Timothy Thatcher and not trying to, like, make a WWE version of it. Yeah, that's very true. They I, are letting him be himself. I've never seen any of his indie work, but, like, everything he's doing is so different from everything else on WWE that, like, it's clearly... It's clearly he's very involved with with his own creative right now. Oh, 100%. I mean, it's paying off, I feel like. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's really... I think he's really getting over as this sort of just, like brawler like will just beat the shit out of you and won't care if you beat the shit out of him like it's oh, yeah. not a Timothy Thatcher match isn't gonna be like the the other matches that you see on on a card oh no no chance whatsoever and he's been he's been doing this really the, this nice little series with Oni Lorcan that's been really good and I just they're very similar wrestling and I just thought of this. I would love to see a Timothy Thatcher versus Daniel Bryan match. Ooh, that would be could epic. you could you imagine <laughs> if they just let him go for like twenty minutes? I think they're gonna need a crowd for that one because you're you're gonna need to be fueled by the crowd if you're doing that style of a match nowadays. Yeah, probably. But it'll probably be a while before Thatcher would be on a main roster anyway. Very true. He's got some a ways to go. Very, very green so far to the company. So who's your last honorable mention? All right. My last honorable mention is not just one person. It is two people that share one name. Oh, breaking the rules. And that would be... Exactly. That's what I do. That will be the team of Brizongo. Ooh, that's a good choice. I've I've loved Brizongo since they came back. Man, it's it's hard to not love everything about them. They come out to a different entrance every single show. They got a new gimmick, and they're just two vets that both at one point were over on the main roster. So I feel like uh, with all that experience, I think they deserve to at least you know. Hold NXT titles for a little while, maybe up the division a little bit. I don't know. I could see it happening. I hope it happens. Yeah, like right when they came back and they did that like moon landing 
um, <laughs> entrance. I I had watched a little bit of them before, but not much. So I went I went down like this YouTube rabbit hole of just watching all their like fashion police promos from the oh main roster. God. And I had I had the never seen them. I had never seen them before because I didn't I wasn't watching wrestling at that time. And they're so good, like. Oh, they were so over too. It, they got the biggest reaction every time they came out. No one hated on the fashion police. And and that's the kind of creativity that that Brazongo has. And like they've been they've been in the company for so long that they're obviously good in the ring, like Exactly. They've earned their stripes. And yeah, I think it's a really good addition to the NXT tag tag roster that I mentioned earlier was a little thin. Yeah, that's and, accurate. Very and so accurate. having having them back has been has been nice for that. And like the Mountie yeah. entrance they had like the other <laughs> week was really funny. <laughs> very. And it's just it's like that's what they bring is that you never know which random wrestler from like the 80s or 90s they're just gonna come out as yeah that's accurate because it can be it can be any one of them (laughs) that's so true and it's like it doesn't matter which one they do honestly because they're gonna kill it no matter what so i'll take any any spoof gimmick they want to do i'll take it it's always worth my time yeah, I, I, I really like them. I hope I would like to see them maybe get the titles eventually. I I think that would really help the division if they had a little run with them. Alright, so I guess we'll move on to our list of three people we love on the NXT roster. Third of the my, my number one is gonna be former double champion. Keith Lee. Ooh, very recent on that. The man's hot. Yeah, current and current NXT champion. I should add. Yes, yes. Um, also that. He's just incredible. He moves like a man half his size, but he has the big man, the big man power moves. That gif of him like pouncing Adam Cole into the into the fans is still just like the best gif of all time. <laughs> That's accurate. I've seen him blast quite um, a few guys back in the day. I loved him in the build up to Survivor Series and then at Survivor Series itself, he had that awesome he had those awesome moments where he eliminated Seth, almost eliminated Roman. Yeah, that was that was the push he needed to make him come out as the character that he is. Just absolutely dominant. Like, I want to see him versus Brock Lesnar. I want to see oh, that. <laughs> I love it. Because there's no way Brock is suplexing him with ease like everybody else. I guarantee you that much. Yeah, and I and I would... Yeah, I think that match would be awesome if it happened. Um, and I'm just really glad that they... They gave him the North American title when they needed to. Yep. And then they they probably rushed giving him the big title, but they they gave him the big title and I think they needed to do it eventually. 
he was the right person to take it off of Adam Cole, I think. Yeah, I agree there. And this I think time. he's a good promo. He's he's got a really good babyface promo. And I think he's just incredible. I think he's a great, like, top guy for your brand. That's what I'm saying. He's a fantastic face for the brand, and uh, I think he's just going to keep getting better and better. Who knows? Soon enough, he could be doing a 450. I got my fingers crossed. (laughs) That would be incredible. If anyone can, he can. So who's your first love? All right. Well, my first is definitely some favoritism because he has been one of my favorites since he has been in the WWE, and that is my boy, Finn Balor. Ooh. A little throwback back to NXT. Oh, exactly. Uh, You know, what is there not to love about Finn? It's a guy you look at and you can tell right away he is a wrestler. I don't know. How he gets more and more lean and has more and more abs, but every single week Finn has somehow more abs. Every picture I see of him, he just has more muscles, and it does not make any sense. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. Um, and just throws him while he sleeps, I guess. Yeah, I think his return to NXT has been a little odd. Been a little odd because, I mean, I like... They've been taking him over to NXT UK to kind of try to strengthen them up, bring him back to his roots a little bit. And that, he hasn't really got enough screen time on NXT, if I'm being real. Yeah, he hasn't... Like, every time he's been on TV, it's been really good, and his his promos are good. He's going back to, like, the Prince Devitt Bullet Club character. Oh, hell yeah. Which I think he is... Which is probably his best character. I mean, like, Bullet Club's insanely successful, and he's pretty much the one that started it. Damn right he is. So, going back to Two Sweets. So, going back to to the character he's had the most success with makes makes sense. He's really good as a heel. Um, Incredible. Yeah, and and I, I guess I would just. I'm glad he didn't immediately just come in and, like, Charlotte everyone, basically, and just, like, destroy the whole division, take the title, and just, like, kill everyone and then leave. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's it's nice seeing him the pillar of NXT. But it's almost that they didn't want to do that with him, so then he's sort of been, like, under-pushed. Where it feels kind like, of a little bit, not sure. Where it feels like he's taken some losses that he maybe shouldn't have taken, or he just hasn't really got that big win yet. Like, I guess he beat Gargano. Yeah. But, you know, Gargano has been kind of at the same level it felt like for a while here now. So yeah. Like, feels less big than it yeah, like I'm glad he didn't beat Adam Cole for the title, but I think I think he should be a challenger for Keith Lee in the near future. Oh, I couldn't agree more with that one. Because I think they were trying to wait incredible- wait for this for this Walter match to happen, but I don't 
I don't know if they're going to be able to do that takeover in October or whenever they want to do it. <laughs> so I feel like yeah, very true. That I feel like waiting for it just doesn't make sense. Just just use what you can now, and what you can do now is have Finn Balor go up against Keith Lee, or I guess Karrion Cross, because it looks like Karrion Cross might challenge Lee for the title. It's you know. I don't think they're going to put the championship on them that fast, but I, I don't you never know with NXT. I wouldn't expect them to take the belt off of Keith super quickly. That'd be really weird. Yeah. Um, okay, maybe, so I, I guess... Oh, gone. Maybe North American with him. Yeah. Um, so I guess I'll go to my second one. Right. And it's actually the man... That Keith Lee beat for his title. It's Adam Cole, a baby. Oh, the old baby. What you like about the baby? I just think he's got he's got a he's got a good look, and then he's got a really good like heel promo where he he kind of is like a little bit of like the classic chicken shit heel, but also kind of not really. Um. Yeah, I can see it. And it, so. and he's definitely, he's definitely. It's helped a lot by the fact that he, he has this the undisputed era like behind him. He's got this whole stable behind him to, to sort of back him up, if he if he does get in over his head. And, I mean, in the ring, really really good. Does, does have the style that some people don't like, and I kind of agree where he does have like the indie like way too many false finishes way too many kick out style in the in the big matches oh yeah I but just, that's kind of just what you have to expect on like nxt or to be honest aw2 <laughs> yeah that's that's becoming a pretty common thing that's that's how a lot of people think uh how you heighten the drama in a match so it and, happens pretty often, I feel like. And and the thing is, they're not wrong. It's just they're also not right. Because it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't work. Like d- just having a bunch of false finishes and like a bunch of kickouts doesn't make a match better. Just just doing that. But if it's a really good feud and a really and there's a lot of storytelling within the match, then it can make the match better. But it's yeah, not it's not it's not just it's not just like a formula of like, okay, you hit your finisher four times, I'll kick out, I'll hit my finisher five times, you won't kick out on the fifth one, that's a good match. And it's like, well that's not exactly how it works. <laughs> five star match. Just like that. Yeah. Six stars in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I just think Adam Cole is he, I think he's the best part of the Undisputed Era I think he has a really good promo and I mean he's the longest reigning NXT champ of all time he, they obviously they obviously liked him a lot and I think Very he's true. just he's just had a lot of really good matches I guess it's also helped that when I started watching wrestling again it was the smackdown that he was on where he faced daniel bryan 
And he got such a big pop from that SmackDown crowd. Oh, by far. Just rolling up with Triple H. Pop City. Because, like, when on the entrance when he did, like, the boom, just the whole fucking crowd did it. And it's like, SmackDown and, like, Raw crowds are never that loud. No, exactly. They're never that up to NXT, it seems. No, but and it's like, oh, all you need to do is bring an NXT guy there and then all of the fans are into it again? Like, yeah. Seems like a simple solution. So I think a lot of that, a lot of it has to do with that, that he's just been a huge part of when I've gotten back into wrestling. And NXT specifically. Oh, I can see that. All right, yeah, so who's, like who's your second guy? Uh, my second is, again, the first woman on the list, and that is Io Shirai. Current NXT Women's Champion. Yes, sir. Yeah, and uh, I honestly did not like Io at first. Her face gimmick really didn't get my attention at all. Like, yeah, I saw her doing all these flips and stuff, and I was like, ugh. Okay, that's pretty cool, but like her just trying to be a good guy just was painful to watch, kind of like Bailey. And yeah. then uh, what? in in I mean in wrestling right now, everyone. No, I don't want to say everyone can do what Io can do because Io is pretty, pretty fucking good. But like, mm-hmm. you don't become. You're not like a. You won't be a big draw just because I can do some flips. Like very true. Like you you have to true. have character along with the flips. Oh god, yeah. yeah. As soon as she switched to heel, I was like, I am all on board. When I first heard her new entrance music, just like that Tokyo drift sounding dubstep hip hop ordeal, just gets me hyped every time. I'm just pumping super hard. Every time she comes out to the the old flashing lights and just everything, everything about that gimmick she has made has, has made me love her as a champion and just as a women's wrestler, just straight dominant. And I wish she would have pinned Charlotte for the belt. Like, I'm glad that she got the belt. I wish she would have pinned Charlotte, but that yeah. match at In Your House was pretty good. And obviously the... The high point of the match was her jumping off the house. Oh, hell yeah. The old splash from the top of the house. Memorable moment right there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I think I think she's really good. I think she... I think right when... Like, right towards the end of when we lost crowds, she was super over. Like, everyone was... Everyone wanted her to win the title. And I'm glad True. I'm glad she finally did. Um, I think she's a really good champion for the women's division and can have a lot of really good matches. I agree. And she's put in her time. She's been there for a long time before it worked, so I think she earned it by far. Yeah, I agree. All right. Who you got as your third and final choice for your favorite? So my third choice is someone who I wish could have said, I wish I could say had a really good title reign. Uh, it's Rhea Ripley. Ooh, 
dominant. Like, they, they pushed her so hard last year. She won along with, who was it, along with Candace? Yeah, it was Candace. She won that War Games match 4v2. Which is impressive. Yeah, like, just outnumbered by two people, including the most dominant, like, women's champion that division's seen in Shayna Baszler. And she just wins it by herself, basically. Like, Candice definitely helped, but Berea was the star of that match, of the War Games oh, yeah. match. Oh, bye, fly. And then, when she beat Shayna Baszler with that, like, with the top rope riptide, and all of the crowd, like, filled the ring, it was such, like, a good moment, and such an, such a, like, a, it felt huge. Like, it felt absolutely massive. It was like a mini yes movement with Daniel Bryan, with, yeah. instead of the fans, the wrestlers. And then, like, Charlotte wins the Rumble, and I'm kind of like, ooh, this sucks, why did Charlotte win? And then she was challenging for the NXT title, and I'm like, okay, this is cool. She's just going to put over, like, the NXT women's division, basically. Yep, exactly. And then she just didn't do that. Then she just beat Rhea at Mania, like, beat her again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back, bitches. Rhea, Rhea took the pin in the in the triple threat match where Io won her title. Like, she has just been hammered since wrestlemania <laughs> and she was pushed yeah. so hard going into it and then she just kind of just had it all ruined yeah they let her get to the top and then uh didn't know what to do after she got off the throne basically and she was so over i mean admittedly she wasn't as over like once she actually had the title like she probably was a better challenger than than champion but but a lot of that has to do with she didn't really have credible challengers up until Charlotte. Like, she faced Bianca Belair at NXT TakeOver Portland. But everyone knew Bianca wasn't going to win because everyone knew that it was going to be Ripley versus Charlotte at WrestleMania, not Bianca versus Charlotte. Very true. It wrote itself, basically. So, yeah, I think... But I, I love her, like, cloverleaf, where she just has, like, their legs and her arms submission that she does. I think that's incredible. I did really like her match where she took on, was it Aaliyah and Robert Stone? Oh, yeah, at the same time. Just at the same time. That was really great. Like, that was, I loved that. Oh, Robert Stone in his little, like, <laughs> boxing uniform. Boxing shorts like a dweeb. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a total goober. Shooting glasses. Um, so like she has had some good stuff since then, I suppose. But like, she was the champion of the best women's division in wrestling, and now she's just like doing random squash matches. Yeah, that one. Uh, that's definitely a head scratcher. She was, I feel like the whole women's division was kind of punished by Charlotte's reign, but, but no one more so than, than Rhea. Oh, by far. She took the wrath of it. 
All right, so who's our who's our final person that we love? Who's your final choice? The final choice is one of the greatest to ever be in NXT, and that is a man named Tommaso Ciampa. Ooh, I love Tommaso. Like, I don't know why he's not being used very much. I don't know if it's a COVID reason or they're just like, very slowly bringing him back since his injury and just not really pushing him too yeah, hard. Yeah, because there, there was sort of supposed to be like loser leaves NXT for that Johnny Gargano match, right? Yep, was supposed to be. But he hasn't, but but Champa hasn't showed up on Raw or SmackDown and I haven't heard, I haven't heard anything about him since that match to be honest. Exactly. Well, didn't he come back for a little bit and have the match with uh, Oh, yeah, Cross? he had the carry and cross match. That's right. I haven't heard anything since after that match. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's scratching my head because, I mean, man is absolutely dominant. And uh, I've heard interviews with him making it clear that he really does not plan to go anywhere. He plans to stay on NXT since yeah. it's just a better schedule. And he's had a lot of injuries and... It's it's the best yeah. thing for him, and I think good for the brand. Also, I, I would I would agree it's the best thing for him, but the weird thing is that right now that the schedules are kind of the same. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. That's but obviously, time. whenever COVID does finally end in like 2025 or whenever that happens, um, yeah, Raw and SmackDown will go back to touring and will have more house shows and whatnot so yeah i think he should stay on nxt if anything out of the two of them i think they could move gargano up to the main roster pretty easily i would have to agree they would they would probably have to move candace with him but candace would also be good in the main roster yeah i was gonna say i don't see her having a long title reign or anything so you might as well just move them both up at the same time um, hopefully to the same brand. <laughs> It'd be kind of funny if they didn't. But yeah, I think I think Champa's really good. I I totally bought in that he was gonna take Adam Cole's title. Like they totally had me. Um, same. The man's insane. He's like not that. It looks like a crazy. Not that far off of from 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 his neck injury, he's just like, yeah, I'll just do this like avalanche air air raid crash off the war games cell. No big like through a table. No big deal. Yeah. Who cares? What else do you need a neck? For? Yeah, exactly. And yeah, he is he's really good, and I I would would like to see him again on on NXT eventually. But I don't want to see any more. more. I don't want to see a Johnny Gargano feud, though. Don't do that. Just stop. (laughs) That shit now and forever. Yeah. But I feel like we never, we never really got like a champ of Finn match, right? Like a real one. I think we kind of got a little shitty one, but. I don't think we really got what but, we deserved but give or me, what they were capable of. Yeah, give me like a Finn Balor, Tommaso Ciampa takeover match any day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm game for that. I'll buy, buy a pay-per-view for that one. 
Yeah, so, yeah, I think... So I guess as sort of a wrap-up, what do you think of the NXT roster just overall right now? I think it's uh, it's super good. There's a lot of potential. Like, every time you see the top talent leave, you're like, oh, how are they going to find someone to fill that spot? And then three more people prove themselves that they can fill that spot. Like, the Dexter Loomis's and, and the Keith Lee's and... Uh, even like even like Santos Cole Escobar, his, I like I've liked I've liked his stuff recently too. Oh yeah, and that's that's something I feel like is fresh that I haven't seen before. Yeah, no, I think feel relevant again. I think we're sort of in like a transition state for the NXT roster because like I could see the undisputed era getting moved to Raw or SmackDown. Like, none of them have titles right now. Yeah, it's very true. If, um, if there was ever a time, this would be it. Yeah, I don't know if it's something they would want to do. I don't know if they just want to move Adam Cole up or whatever. I think that would be a waste. I would I would personally, if, if they're going to move them up, I would just move all of them up and have them just dominate for, like, I mean, a few months. Turn them into, like, a... Uh a nexus type group yeah just everything similar to what i was thinking just like they just or like a shield sort of thing where they just walk up and they dominate the brand for like two months i'd be very okay with that good way to bring them up i'd say but i think there's been a lot of there's been a lot of title changes recently especially over this past year like undisputed era went from four belts to none which was bound to happen eventually. Yeah, but I think... And then Shayna Baszler lost her title. And there's just sort of been this... I think it's just sort of like a transition time. And I think it's... I think they have shown with, like, your Dexter Loomis, your Timothy Thatcher, your Keith Lee, that they do have young stars, like... I mean, Timothy Thatcher's maybe not young, but he's <laughs> new to WWE. Yes. Um, that they they can build people, and all of those people are vastly different. By far, gimmicks you haven't seen before. Yeah, and, and even in the women's division, you got Io Shirai, you got Tegan Knox, um, Dakota Kai. Like, there's a lot of there's some good people on the roster, and I think people like to argue nxt or aw but it's like in reality those are just whichever you like more you like more but those are just the two best wrestling shows on on, at least on american tv and oh yeah those are the and like if you watch like i don't always watch raw or smackdown i usually watch smackdown because with covid i don't really have anything to do friday nights but if I ever go, like, I don't, if I miss Raw, I won't usually go back and watch Raw. But if I miss, like, AEW or at NXT, there's a much better chance that I'll go back and watch one of those. Because, like, I know that whatever I missed was probably good. Exactly. And they're just a lot shorter. 
Three hours is a long time. Three hours hurts Raw a lot when I'm like, ooh, do I want to go watch Raw? And then I'm like, ooh, do I have three hours? But makes him king. Four hours, the best brand. Yeah, that's what we need. We need a four-hour Raw. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, let's wrap this episode up. You can find me on Instagram at walkwithbrando. And you can find me on Instagram at Welchnut. You can find our podcast, Backstage Heat, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, or basically anywhere else you find podcasts. And you can find more of our one-of-a-kind wrestling content on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook at Backstage Heat Network. Thank you for listening. See you next time, everybody.